win. That's all that matters for LAFC in game number one. I am David at home. This is Soccer Weekly. You heard it right there from the great Mario Rees who put that together. Oh, what a goal from Adama Diamande. And just, I mean, come on. What a way to start the season in MLS for both LA Galaxy and LAFC. LAFC doing it on Sunday against Sporting Kansas City. A brilliant 2-1 win. A brilliant finish from Adama Diamande, who we'll talk with coming up later. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dunham at Talk Soccer on Twitter. Oh, I mean, really, you can't really script a better start, right? For the whole league, so many goals, so much drama in week one. And then, of course, highlighted by our game here on ESPN LA, LAFC, pulling that out the way they did. I mean, come on. If Look, if you hear that and you have any interest at all in sports, and that doesn't get you fired up in terms of like going to check it out. Well, you get your lost cause. <laughs> I mean, I don't even care. You know what? Usually, we get a lot of people who don't really love soccer listening to this show because you know they love good radio. But for one week, and Mario, I don't, I don't think you'll even mind this, right? I'm pulling a red card on anybody listening who doesn't get fired up for that. Just stop listening today. There, I said it. I know the bosses aren't going to love that, but I don't even want to hear from you. I don't even want to know you're out there. Yeah, if you don't get fired up from that, you have no pulse. No use to you, to me. You have no use for you here on Soccer Weekly. Get out. Go. If you if you aren't fired up by that, and you know what? I'm talking like Galaxy fans to hate LAFC more. Sports hate. Fine. That's great. Because you hated to hear that. And you hated to hear the LAFC pulled it out in the last, you know, getting the full three. Fine, that's good. That's a good sports hate. If you're a LAFC fan that hated to see Zlatan Ibrahimovic pulling it out at the end, you know, right? Not quite as dramatic in terms of the time of the game, but Chicago was dominating that game, and LA Galaxy still find a way to get the full. Great. But if you like listen to that, and you follow LAFC or what they're doing, and you can't get fired up for that to go to the stadium or listen to us here, you go away for a while. Just seriously, I'm done with you. I mean, that's all there is to it because it's that dramatic. And Mario, talk about it. The atmosphere. I mean, really. It's not hyperbole. Nothing like it. Nothing. In L.A. It is not hyperbole to say that. Like, It's not like, oh, yeah, you're funny because you work for, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, do you trust Arash Markazi of the... uh, L.A. Of Times, of course you do. Nobody knows L.A. sports like Arash. L.A. Times, page two, yep. right? What does he say? Do you trust him? You don't have to trust us. Our very own L.Z. Granderson has a nice piece on L.A. Times about the 3252, the best supporters in L.A. I mean, there can be no doubt. Like, it's not even a question. I love Dodger fans, right? No question. They're awesome. Laker fans up in the 300 le- Holy cow. Yeah, of course. Laker fans in the first row that pay a fortune, great fans, no matter what anyone says. Like, underrated city all the way around L.A., sports-wise. It just is. Oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe the most underrated city in America. we got a bad rap. But here, amongst us, LAFC is number one in terms of the fan. I'm sorry, it just is. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. And it feels like a family, a community. You were talking about that earlier. Yes. Yes. It's not just a bunch of fans coming to the game. It's a bunch of family. You feel like a community inside there. But here's what I want to say about that, too. Don't be so discouraged, LA Galaxy fan. Just use it. 
fuel you, fuel the club. And you know what they have on some level? LAFC has turned it up, forcing LA Galaxy to turn it up. That's all we want. Oh, yeah. Fine. Let's sport ha- so sports true. hate the heck out of each other. Keep it clean. Keep it legal. Let's not throw bows or fists or anything stupid. But you can sports hate each other until the cows come home. Fine. That's great. But you can't even a Galaxy fan in his most honest moment or her most honest moment looking in the mirror, you want to be in the 3252. You do. If you fit. There's no room in there. No. It gets crazy jam-packed in there. And they don't really want you in there. (laughs) But I'm saying, all things being equal, if you can sneak in, in the black and gold, and enjoy yourself. I'm not talking about sabotage or anything. And you better be in shape, too. If you hang out in there, you better be in shape, because these guys do not stop jumping, singing. uh, Too old, too fat. I can't do it. You're right. And I don't have the rhythm, either. There was one preseason match that I did not have to work, and I actually went to hang out in there what? for a few minutes, and I couldn't hang. I'm just being straight up. I'm just being honest with you. I could not hang. I had to exit the 3252. Okay, I'm fat, and I'm old. You are young, eh, relatively. You're getting there. You're young. Not, and not in really. good shape. Like You're like in good shape. Yeah. And you couldn't hang in the 3252. No. So what, what, are you too old for the 3252 or what? It's just that they don't stop singing. My throat is going, uh, I'm running out of breath from jumping. My throat hurts right now just thinking about it, and my throat already hurts, so, you know. Yeah, props to the 3252. Holy cow. I mean, you want to sneak in there if you are a fan. It's so much fun. If you're a Laker fan and don't really like soccer, you're hearing, you want to sneak into the 3252 right now. Dodgers, same, you wish that was going on at Staples Center. Let's be honest. I mean, let's just be honest about it. It's not being oversold as the greatest atmosphere in L.A. Like, it isn't. We're not hyping it. It just is what it is. Go watch it on social media for the 30-second clips or whatever of Jump for L.A. football. If you listen to that and watch it and don't get fired up, you're dead. Like, you're already done. And there's a little (laughs) bit for everybody, right? I mean, yes, they got the fancy clubs in there. Uh, the stadium is yes. not that big, you so like, you, you have a great no. seat wherever you are. You don't have to go to be in the 3252. No. I am doing the games and find myself occasionally distracted yeah. by the 3252. You can enjoy it from the section across from there or the section two away from it because you ain't getting into the 3252. But you can enjoy it still just the same, you know, and everybody's posting social. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean... But it's going to up the game of the galaxy. It already has. It has. That's what we want, right? That is exactly what we want. That's what rivalries are all about, right? Dennis Teclosa, Guillermo Barros Escaloto, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Klein realizing he's got to go. Get, it's because of LAFC. Don't gotta tell me up. it's not. Yeah. Now, the galaxy won't tell you that. They're going to tell you, well, we won five titles. We, we just want to win. Okay, great. Of course you do. You want to win. And you were terrible the last couple of years, right? For your standards, certainly. Well, they were terrible a couple years for anybody's standards. Then last year, they almost made the play, but they were terrible for LA Galaxy standards. That's fine. But don't tell me it doesn't have anything to do with LAFC. And it should. You should be. Here's been our point. Mario and I have talked about this on this show a lot. There is plenty of room to grow this MLS and soccer pie in LA and in the United States, for that matter, for LAFC and the Galaxy to be the two teams. Now, all deference to Seattle and Atlanta, a great job, you know. 
not taking anything away from what DC's building, you know, new, you know, NYC, whatever, whatever club. And there's a lot of good clubs starting to do what they, you know. But there is an opportunity all across America for LAFC and LA Galaxy to really just keep, you know, the sky's the limit, and especially here in LA. And in just one season, Dave, in one season, it's crazy how crazy Dude. big this rivalry has gotten. Yeah, I know. I mean, and you're hearing it on a soccer show here. If you're just listening for the first time, Soccer Weekly every week here on ESPN LA 710. We don't always do it on a Friday, but right with some Lakers stuff going. You're just hearing it here. You're thinking, oh, it's the soccer dude or whatever. He's got it. Man, these are people who are not necessarily soccer lovers telling you it's the best thing to do. Now, imagine when the Galaxy play LAFC coming up in July and August. Ugh. Ugh. Those games last year. I mean, come on. I mean, that's what we dream about for the Lakers and Clippers to become. Like, together. Not, I mean, obviously, the Lakers are incredible organizations. I don't mean that, but the rivalry, it's not the same. If you're lucky enough to get into the building, to, to uh, where's it going to be? Where's the first home game? The first one's down in Carson. The first one's in Carson. Yeah. Okay, let's say you get into that stadium. And yep. if you're not hooked after coming out of that game. Yeah, forget it. Come on. It's over for you. Yeah. You just give up sports all the way Exactly. Around. Just don't even, you know. You will be hooked, guarantee, yeah. if you go to that. Just watch My Bold and the Beautiful. That's fine. Just go to Soap Opera. You're done. But you will be hooked. That's exactly right, Mario. You know, and again, the only thing I can compare it to in L.A., and it's not quite on this level anymore, and I'll stick by this. The only rivalry that's even close is USC-UCLA. That's what I was going to say, yeah. the tremendous history. The history. But right now, at the time? No, it's dead. N- nobody uh, cares about it's USC. It's not as hot. Nobody, yeah. no, really, let's be honest. If, unless you graduated from there, it, like USC or UCLA, that rivalry isn't, you know. Not right because now. Because they're not really battling anymore. Like USC yeah. crushes UCLA in football, you know, or whatever. It's We know what's going on there. And even basketball, neither one of them quite, you know on top of their game right now. But, I mean, the rivalry's there. Yeah. It's the only one that you can compare right now. You're absolutely right. I mean, Dodgers, there's no rivalry for the Guns. Angels and Dodgers are their own thing. That's fine, whatever. But, like, that's it. It is incredible. And it it has to be talked about after what they did in the first week. Both teams getting 2-1 wins, coming from behind. There's more similarities than these two want to admit because they hate each other so much. Yeah, which is great. And you you were talking about how LAFC is making Galaxy, you know, step up yes, and step of up course. their game. Of course. So Galaxy went on Saturday, right? And so Sunday, the next day, yeah. LAFC <laughs> is like, okay, yep. okay, Galaxy, that makes us want to step up yep. and win our first game and, you know, of the season. The Galaxy had a miserable last year, right? It just everything was a mess. Then all of a sudden, they almost make the playoffs. Zlatan had a miracle year. They miss out. You know they wanted LAFC dumped as fast as possible. RSL somehow obliges with a victory, right? So it's right. almost it's just that back and forth, like ah, you know, a punch to the nose, you know, on the pitch metaphorically leads to a kick in the shin, you know, and then it's just oh, gorgeous. I mean, I'm loving it, quite frankly, because there is plenty of room in the sports pie to just keep growing this thing for both these. And I'll tell you what, look, I love. Talking to Luca and Pachuca and Liga Emekis and some other, you know, Champions League going on, Mario. There's nothing quite like it in your backyard. I know other people have team. Look, you've been following a, a Liga Emekis team for your whole life. I get it. Great. If you're a Santos guy or whatever, you grew up as a Chivas girl, that's fine. Of course. But man, there's nothing like it in your backyard. And when you're seeing it grow, I can only be more excited for these two teams. I really, honestly, this rivalry, that's what I mean, just I can't wait.
I really can't. We're going to talk more about it with Josh Gessman, of course, from Corner of the Galaxy coming up later. Talking to Dama Diamande as well. That's coming up next. It's really, you know, I honestly just, I'm so pumped for the LAFC season. It's a great start. They do have a tough one against Portland Timbers. We mentioned it briefly. Again, keep your eyes and ears when you're listening to me on Diego Chara. What happens there is crucial in this game. We also have a ticket giveaway, by the way. Two winners, each going to get a pair of tickets to that game against Portland. So whether you've been to the, every game at Bank or you've never been, you got a shot, and that's going to be crucial. Coming up later in the show, so keep listening to that. we got so much more to get to. I'm Dave Dathomey. You are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. This is ESPN LA 710. It is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you like we do every week here on the home of world football. Still to come, we've got so much more to get to. We've got a giveaway that you are not going to want to miss, I promise. If you follow me on social media, at Talk Soccer, you had a shot to win earlier in the week. I actually had the drawing earlier today, frankly. But if you don't, you can still win on this show. we got tickets to that LAFC Portland Timbers match coming up on Sunday. If you haven't been to the bank, you got to go. you got to go. Your opportunity comes up later in the show. Keep listening to that. We'll also have Josh Gessman from Corner of the Galaxy get a deeper look in the LA Galaxy scene and what's going on there. But as always, we love this segment each and every week. It is time, being the home of LAFC here on ESPN LA, for Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this! Right now. The great Adama Diamande, the scorer from the first match for LAFC. And oh, in dramatic fashion, you heard a little bit about it, I'm sure. I mean unbelievable goal. Well, we got a chance just hours ago to sit down with him at practice earlier on the day and share our thoughts. And Dio had some great thoughts to share with you here on Black and Gold Breakdown. Adama, obviously, first off, we got to address what you did on that opener. Just a stunning play with Jordan racing towards you. And Talk us through what happened on that play for you and that game-winning goal. Yeah, first at the end of the minute, uh, it's the last minute, uh, 30 seconds left, I think, and uh, and of course, uh, Peters uh, giving a good pass in central. He's forcing the pass in central like we usually like to play, and uh, that's a good, it's a good uh, pass of him. And he's deflecting on uh, Beira. Beira have a mistouch and is hitting another defender, and is coming to uh, the left side. And uh, when uh, Jordan's get it, he missed or he's a pass. I never, I don't know, but uh, he's coming to me, and I'm snapping the ball from him. And when um, I see Jordan coming to the left, but I see another guy behind him, so I cut it back on Susie, and and uh, I got have a great first touch, and I take the second touch, and I bang it to, in the goal. You know, Adama, we talked. I talked with Bob, and we talked about the the mentality of someone who has to come off the bench mm-hmm. late in the game, where yeah. it's you know still everything hanging in the balance, but you you have to have that toughness, and you got to take your chances. Quite frankly, you might only get one realistically sometimes. Talk a little bit about that mentality. Why are you successful with that? Of course, uh, I've, I've been playing uh, 11, 12 years uh, professional, and of course, his experience. Uh, I'm always, I'm always ready. Uh, I always have my shin guards ready before the game, and always putting on. Not, I'm not putting on when they say, "How oh, are you going to change?" And I'm always ready to, to be ready. Like, if someone getting injured or something, I'm always ready when coming off from the bench, and, uh, and especially, uh, uh, like I told you, I'm. Uh, my mindset is to to help the team always when I'm coming in and uh, make it uh, 
uh, like me, Peter and Latif came in that match and we gave more energy to the team, uh, had fresh legs and uh, of course uh, and uh, of course, it's a bonus when I'm scoring the late goal winning and of course uh, it's fantastic for the fans and for the club, especially for the first uh, game of the season. Following this league like I have for almost 25 years, the one thing I notice now certainly is the depth on these teams. Yeah. There's The benches are so strong, quite frankly, more so than ever before. Can you talk a little bit about LAFC bringing that to the you – you guys have to battle in practice every day just yeah. to get on the pitch. Yeah, like uh, I heard before, USA is a retirement league, but <laughs> now it's not a retirement league. We have a lot of good young players here, and uh, especially me too. I'm in, in my prime now, and I'm coming over overseas to play here and uh, have fun and uh, – of course, it's a good league, so that's always growing every year. And, uh, and of course, it's fantastic. We have depth. Everyone, you you, you see now, everyone has uh, good depth. And people know USA, uh, MLS is on the way up. And uh, it's a new league, but still still a lot of good players here. we got a lot of good players going to Europe now from here directly. So so it's not the retirement league anymore. So it's, uh, uh, it's, it's great for the future, I think. You know, last season when you got here a few months in, we talked a little bit about L.A., Los Angeles yeah. and all that. If you have a day off and you have to – you have to, you can't just stay at home with yeah. your family, right? You have to go somewhere. Yeah. What, what are you doing? If you have to go somewhere in this area, what are you, you going to take in? Nah, my kids love to go to the zoo. Ah. My wife too, so I have a season pass there. So, so I would say the zoo then. How would you rate the zoo here? Yeah, it's quite good. We don't have it in Norway, so so it's too free. It's freezing there, so animals can live there. But we we have indoor. We have like uh, yeah, this I don't know what you call aquarium and stuff. So, but it's it's nice. It's nice to see uh, animals. I like to see animals. It's a beautiful place around there where you can drive around that area too. Yeah. Going through the Griffith Park area, I love that. Let me address something, Adama, that I thought you addressed brilliantly, quite yeah. frankly, this week. Is you got a beer poured over your head in the excitement, right? You handled it perfectly, in my estimation. Quite frankly, you tell people, "Hey, yeah. please don't do it." Yeah. You're you're excited. We get it. You know, like you understand, yeah, but yeah. it's also like you just can't happen. Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, uh, in the moment, everyone is happy, and of course, you can't always control it. But some some people can do it on purpose, and when you see the clip, he doing it on purpose. And of course, it's not good. It's not only me that uh, reacted, but I just spoke for the whole group and. And uh, I'm a straightforward guy. I, I tell them straight away, and I told, told Pat, and I told the LAFC Rich, and uh, Rich, and uh, he told the fans. But yeah, of course, uh, at the end of the day, of course, uh, yeah, we know they're gonna spread the, spread the bears when we score the goal. But uh, by pouring it, it's different. So. Uh, of course, I thought that about my religion, but it's not always—it's not ab- always about the religion. It's about like respect for the older players, especially for the fans when we play home, even away away fans. So, so it's just—it's just yeah. People people saw it and uh, they respect uh, my words, and of course we're going forward with it. So we're a new team, and uh, of course, uh, yeah, we got to see. What's best for everyone? Well, I got a feeling they're going to listen to you for sure. Uh, Dio, one last thing about this game coming up. Portland Timbers, yeah. very similar to Sporting Kansas City in that they're not going to be afraid to knock you guys around a little bit, see if they can throw you off your game. Well, how, do you, how do you handle that as a team? I would just have to stay with the plan uh, and uh, give it all and uh, always uh, like the Kansas City game. I think we were structurally, we were good. And, uh, of course, uh, 
we conceded the goal, but we came back and the mentality of the group coming back from 1-0 against uh, one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So, so I'm just happy to go in in the Portland game with energy and um, the fans will be excited and uh, going, going for the week two of the season. And definitely we're going to be a good game for us. Black and gold off to a great start. You're off to a great start. Adama Diamande, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Appreciate his efforts there at practice. Adama Diamande, of course, came over from Hull, you know, kind of early last year, right? Signed in early May. Had a pretty good year for LAFC. 12 goals, 4 assists, and like 18 appearances. Also had like 9 in his first 7, so it's good to see him get off to a hot start again for LAFC with that 30 minutes plus. He comes in and scores that wicked goal to win it. I mean, here's the thing about that. First of all, great interview on his part. But Mario, i got to give a red card to myself, all right? I've been doing this for, what, 30-plus years now, roughly? Like, I'm not a kid here in this business, right? Red card to me, Mario. How many times can I say, quite frankly, in an interview, right? We should have done a contest with that. I think I did like Everybody three Everybody has times. their crutch. Dude. Crutch. It's okay. It was my crutch words for the interview. Unacceptable at this level, right? I'm supposed to be playing at a FIFA-approved level here in my job. Now, you can afford me some you know, leeway when the voice starts going with a little bit of a, you know, I got some allergy issues building up. You know, I sounded better earlier in the day, as you could tell, when I was out in practice. That you can forgive me. You should not forgive me, and I can't forgive myself for using the crutch words like that. That's like going out there and just like four straight turnovers and like four minutes off the bench, you know? It's a 2-2 game. The coach puts me in, and boom, I'm like turning the ball over left and right, and we lose 4-2. Thank you, Dio. You did your best because he was great. Just unacceptable on my part, quite frankly. It will not happen again, quite frankly. Was that five, six now in this segment? Yikes. LAFC do have that tough match coming up with Portland. And, you know, it is a it is a tricky little thing that we are talking about. It is very similar with Sporting Kansas City and Portland. The way the Timbers, I think, are going to approach this, right? One of their favorites, the old Diego Chara, let's go mess this up. Diego Chara never met an offense he couldn't destroy, including Portland Timbers. That's the problem for them, right? So we could see, if you recall, go count on your fingers how many times LAFC played nil-nil last year. Well, one of them was Portland Timbers. It didn't happen, (laughs) essentially. Statistically, it really didn't happen, if you're thinking of it from a stats perspective. And yet, Portland Timbers gave LAFC all they could handle that way last season. So I don't expect a lot different early in a campaign. And let's remember, Portland has all these road games, right, to start the season because I think they remodel their stadium every year, it seems. <laughs> so they start with like 12. Right? Is it every year? Seriously, how many times is Providence Park going to be remodeled before this thing is 100,000 seats? But no, I mean, they have another like long road trip to start the season. I'm talking like multiple, like double-digit games on the road. So they're going to scrap and claw for any point they can get. And part of that includes that 3-3 draw with Colorado, which they let slip away. they got to be bitter about that. But it was that Sunday, July 15th game that's going to really haunt me 
in terms of nil-nil at Bank of California Stadium. That's what I'm a little... Like, Portland's going to have no problem playing nil-nil. They don't mind. And when you're playing that type of game, we saw it with sporting. All it takes is the referee stepping in the way, something weird happening, and then all of a sudden it's 1-0, you're down, and you can't get into rhythm because Diego Chara and Portland are going to make sure that that is going to be an ugly game on Sunday, if they get their way. Now, LAFC has played some opponents who try that, (laughs) and it turns into 4-0 or 4-1, and it's a beautiful game. And that could happen, too, against Portland. That would not surprise me. Because Diego Chara can also screw up his offense enough that they're not going to be able to get out of a hole all of a sudden. You know, That's the beauty of football, right? And I do want to stress it. The rules are beautiful in the beautiful game. They really are. I know I have my beefs with VIR. We're not getting into that. I'm talking about three subs max. Because it forces you to live with your mistakes, potentially. Or you better be willing to change them quickly, right? So if you're Giovanni Savarese, the manager for Portland, you're going to come out, potentially, let's say, and maybe you're going to try to muck it up like you did last year against LAFC in this powerful offense. Okay, it's a legit strategy. I don't love it, but let's be realistic. It does work at times, sometimes. If you do that, though, and it goes awry early, now you're going to pay for it. And that's that's my whole key to this game, right? When you're listening to this game on Sunday here on ESPN LA and the ESPN app, Listen for that early goal. And I'm not talking a Portland early goal. We saw what happened with Sporting. It doesn't matter. Like It'll open up the game a little bit if Portland scores early. LAFC's not out of that. That, doesn't, that's, that won't kill LAFC. If Portland gives up a goal early, oh boy. If they kind of come out with that Diego Chara mentality. That's just, I mean, that's the bottom line. And I'm not saying, look, Diego Chara does what he does very well. <laughs> That's why he's been doing it for so long, and that's why Portland relies on it. And, oh, by the way, they have success. But if it doesn't work, that's when you can get... Now, look, they got into a shootout with Colorado, which I don't think they expected. Granted, in fairness, 15 degrees or what, 12 degrees, whatever it was, snow falling like it was, you know, up in Lake Arrowhead. I mean, so... Or in the, or in the Rockies, as it were. you got to give them a little bit of a pass there, but they got into a shootout. They can't get into a shootout with LAFC. Can't happen. I can't see that. And remember, Colorado was playing a man down since like the 27th minute of that game when Jober got that red card. So, very intriguing matchup for a second game. There's no doubt. It's going to be a it's going to be a game of wills and LAFC kept their medal and kept their will against Sporting Kansas City. We'll see if they can continue to do that here in week 2 in MLS. Oh, still so much more to go. We got Josh Cashman coming up from Corner of the Galaxy. That's going to be a lot of fun to break down what's going on with LA Galaxy down just 12 miles away from Bank of California Stadium. The 12-mile derby coming up in July. We'll talk a little bit about that. And later, ticket giveaway. Two lucky winners are going to go to Bank of California Stadium for that Sunday game. Plus, we've got stoppage time. That and so much more. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710.
Oh, we're rolling on here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Dave down home with you as we are each and every week here hanging out on the home of world football in Southern California. Joining me now is a buddy of mine. He covers the LA Galaxy here in MLS for Corner of the Galaxy, his podcast. The great Josh Guessman. Josh, always a pleasure, buddy. Dave, good to talk to you. Josh, we got to start out with some mixed news for the LA Galaxy. Well, let's start out with the game itself, which looked eerily similar to the LAFC game that nobody's going to want to admit to. They uh, maybe play a team that, quite frankly, might have uh, put them away earlier in the match in Chicago Fire, but the Galaxy hung in there, persevered, and then it's a substitute in Efrain Alvarez that helps them win 2-1. Yeah, you got, you got to love it. you got to love a 16-year-old coming on and, uh, and really completely changing the game. You certainly give them the, uh, the tip of the hat on the first goal, a great assist, and uh, a little swoosh of the hips going against the grain with a left-footed uh, curve to, to Dan Starez, who now, of course, leads the team tied with Zlatan Ibrahimovic in goals, which he should <laughs> somehow uh, put up in his uh, locker for the rest of the year. Um, but, no, I mean, you know, the Galaxy got away with one. I, I think whenever Chicago was done, they said, hey, uh, there's some real positives here. We felt like we were the better team, and, and we thought we could have won that game. Uh, and the Galaxy go and say, hey, we like the, end of the, we like the score at the end. And, yeah. You know, hey, hey, there's some things to build on there. You know, Josh, I, j- I joke about it with my, uh, you know, some people around, and I kind of use this line that the uh, Chicago Fire do not have any truck drivers on that team because, quite frankly, there was a lot of space that you could drive a semi through with the Galaxy back line at times in that match. Is that still a concern? It's less of a concern this season. I'll say in the preseason, it's looked good. Uh, the LA Galaxy brought in Diego Polenta, uh, Guillermo Barrascoloto, obviously new head coach, uh, uh, really trusting in Polenta, and I think he's going to be okay, although it was his giveaway, his bad back pass that led to the only Chicago goal. Um, so, yeah, there's question marks there. I think the midfield was the bigger question mark whenever you're starting a Servando Carrasco, who is a, an MLS workhorse of, of some sorts there, but certainly is about third or fourth string on the LA Galaxy, and if he's starting uh, because of all the injuries, you you have issues through yeah. the midfield. I think I think they're going to rectify that uh, this weekend, uh, just with some additions and, and with some healthier bodies. But yeah, I mean the midfield defense—it's it, always been a question mark. But I think it feels like it was getting better in the preseason. But the preseason doesn't matter, Dave, until it actually matters, and you can't tell yep. that for another three or four weeks. We are talking with Josh Gessman from uh, Corner of the Galaxy, a friend of the show here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA Seven Ten. Josh, bit of a mash unit though for the Galaxy. You talk about some injuries. Holy cow, going into this FC Dallas game. What are we looking at here? Uh, well, there's lots of guys who are injured. Uh, Perry Kitchen is out. Roman Alessandrini, designated player for the Galaxy, uh, hurt his hamstring in the first 20 minutes of the game. So he's out for the, at least the next two games. I think it might even be more than that uh, whenever all is said and done. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, as the LA Times is reporting, did not travel with the LA Galaxy to head over to FC Dallas. Um, so the uh, the leading scorer uh, last year for the Galaxy won't be there, and a guy who won the ge- who got the game winning goal last week, um, you know, won't be there for the Galaxy. So, like you said, a bit of a mash unit, but they are getting some help with uh, Joe Corona coming in, signed just from uh, Tijuana, um, just this week, and he's probably expected to start in the midfield, so that helps. And they're also getting back. Sebastian Legette, who was injured and, and for injured for most of the preseason after coming off the U.S. men's national team camp and a successful camp he had there. So yeah. it looks like he'll be ready to make his season debut for the Galaxy uh, against FC Dallas. Doesn't it feel like, you know, it's more of an MLS thing? No, I think it happens in all sports, but FC Dallas goes out of their way to promote Zlatan, of course. It just kind of sucks. He gets injured, you know. I mean, nothing you can do about it, but it's just it seems like it hurts MLS more. 
Well, well, I mean, you know, use promote and question marks whenever it comes to Zlatan Ibrahimovic because it usually comes in some <laughs> form of diluted trash talk that some team is trying to put on. Yeah, him. yep. Uh, but but the guy, obviously, he's a huge ticket seller and he's a huge draw. Uh, anytime he doesn't play, whether that's because of turf, which we don't expect him to play on turf in 2019 again, or whether that's because you know he comes up injured and and the injury's a big deal because it's an Achilles injury that he said he felt within the first 10 minutes of the uh, of the game last week and he sort of played through it but this is a guy obviously who is uh who is no longer a, a young guy i guess he's 37 years old uh going on 38 and it, it's a guy anytime he picks up an injury that you could consider any injury he picks up possibly career threatening so we don't think it's that bad right now we think he'll be able to come back we think with a little bit of rest but why try to push him in this game is, is sort of the question mark why why make him travel in the galaxy i think rightfully decided it's not worth it this yeah. early in the season get him healthy i don't blame him for that you know i do question that whole turf thing josh only because look if if he sets it up that way and the galaxy agree and it's all kosher fine whatever that's cool but it's not cool really because you're getting paid big money now you wanted that designated player spot and those are games you got to win those are three points hanging out there on more than a few occasions that he's going to miss because it's on turf yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a question mark. You know, David Beckham did it whenever he was here, which is, you know, he he sort of picked and selected some of the games he didn't want. Yeah, to but he also had some big moments on turf, though, too. He had, he did well, and that's sort of the thing that I think you would see with Slaton again. It was one of those, uh, you know, if I need to play on turf, I'll Fair play enough, on turf. Yeah. If, if yeah. I have to do it, so you know, that's always. Always the balance there, and, and quite honestly, if you're the Galaxy, you don't want to play Zlatan Ibrahimovic, even though you're paying him seven point two million dollars, maybe even a little bit more. Um, you don't want to you don't want to play yeah. thirty four games this year. Yeah, that's fair. No, it's, it's absolutely fair. It's all above board. So, but it's just kind of like ugh, you know, you got to be careful with that too, because. Losing points early, Josh, is just as painful as losing them late, you know, quite frankly. Well, well, especially this year, Dave. I mean, you look at the format and how the playoffs are going to play out with the single elimination. And if you're one of the the lower seeds, you're not going to get any home games. So it's more important this year than probably it has has ever been. And I think the whole slow start to MLS season is fine. Uh, You know, doctrine that we've sort of been applying throughout the entirety of Major League Soccer is going to start disappearing a little bit. I think the slow start needs to come within the first five, six, seven games and not within the first, you know, half of the season. Talking with Josh Gesman from the uh, Corner of the Galaxy podcast, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, covers the Galaxy really like nobody else, quite frankly, and that's why we love him, to get the perspective of what's going on with LA Galaxy and what's going on as a victory in their first game. We talk about Efrain Alvarez. Josh, you and I have had conversations on the air and off about this kid. The thing I think that struck me most about watching him throughout the years is and it's a cliche, it seems, but it's true of only a few young kids. He knows how to play. He just knows how to play. And you can't undersell yeah. that, really. It's just in him, really. Yeah, yeah, it looks that way. It seems that way. At every level that he's been placed at so far, he's excelled. Um, you saw him through the LA Galaxy Academy and how he looked like he was already, you know, three, four levels beyond whatever level he yeah. was playing at. He moves up into USL really dominates a lot of games in USL for a 16-year-old. Yeah, there's some consistency. Yeah, maybe you don't get it all the time, but he's young. You'd expect that there's some fluctuations. Then he comes into an MLS game, makes his MLS debut, and puts it across that, quite honestly, is you know it, it shows such finesse and understanding. And the fact is, Dave, that if you and I were to try that, First of all, we would have hit it with our right foot because we yeah. were moving towards the line and moving towards our right side. But instead, he stops, cuts barely inside, and flicks something with his left foot. He's just, people are talking about managing expectations, and I hate 
whenever you say manage expectations. The kid comes on to, into a game, a professional level game, and changes that game. The expectations are his. He's already told you what he's able to do. Now yeah. it's about managing minutes, putting him in the proper positions to succeed. And I think that Guillermo Barrascoloto is really aware of that, that it's not just about developing Efrain Alvarez, but also helping the LA Galaxy. And those two things are going to go hand in hand this year and not necessarily have to develop Efrain you know, at the, uh, at, at, sure. at the, with a problem with the Galaxy. You know, this yeah. is, is going to go hand in hand. That's They're going good. to need him, and he's going to play. No, that is good for the kid. You know, but I've always said, look, if you're, gonna, if you're signing a contract and you're cashing the checks, you got to go out there and play sometime. You know, I mean, tough. You know, I mean, you're, uh, you elected to become a professional athlete. Whether it's Freddie Adu at 14, he cashed the checks, you know, and you got to go out and do it if you're Efrain Alvarez, and the Galaxy are going to need him, no doubt. But what I'll, you know, the thing about it is, and you guys have covered it extensively on Corner of the Galaxy. Josh, what I am interested in, it's not just Efrain Alvarez. It's now Ethan Zubak. You know, yeah. It's all these other guys. Like This academy now becomes legit a feeder system when we were wondering about it for a couple of years, quite frankly. Yeah, and I think there should be. You should be wondering. You saw guys come through like Jose Villarreal or Jaime Villarreal or, or Jack McBean, and you know whenever they hit that that pro level, they they stumbled. I mean, in a way, what you're seeing, you know, Dennis Peclosa come in and do is put a lot of faith in the young kids, similar to how the Galaxy kind of tried to put that you know 2016 season together under Cardinalfo. A little bit different circumstances. I think they're doing it smarter. I think the players are better. But ultimately, when you look up this roster of you know 26 players, you can you can spot a 16 year old, a 17 year old, and a 20 year old right now on this roster with each of those guys very well positioned to actually get minutes this year. Now, what about the moves to bring in Tiklosa and you know GBS? Obviously, I think great moves. Quite frankly, very very good, a solid return to becoming you know more established again. If you're the Galaxy, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I, I think you have to look back and see how they almost got Caleb Porter and how, you know, regardless of what you think, that would have made this team very different and very different looking. Um, which I, I think going to Guillermo Barrascoloto, however you got to GBS, however that ended up happening, it was the right move there. And Dennis DeClosa comes in and adds a legitimacy to the academy to USL and to LA Galaxy right now that, quite frankly, they haven't had in a few years. Um, Dennis DeClosa is pulling the right strings. He has his fingers, you know, in, in, in the right places. He knows where to go to get people. I mean, just the signing of Joe Corona showed an understanding of the league rules, understanding that the Galaxy held discovery rights on Joe Corona, could pick him up and understand that he doesn't take up an international slot. Um, so all of these things that you're seeing, you know, Dennis DeClosa do so far have been somebody who understands the intricacies of Major League Soccer, and we talk about that so much, Dave, guys coming from outside the league trying to come in and understand the rules. Well, Tecloso was here before with uh, Chivas USA, um, and granted there was a lot of time between that, but he seems to have been keeping up on all these rules because he's managing some of these roster moves, you know, expertly. Nice. Absolutely. I want, uh, Josh, I want the rivalry to continue. That's why I'm glad Frankly, LA Galaxy don't fall off the map, or you know, even LAFC who've come in the league just firing and look great. I can't wait till July nineteenth. Now, everybody has their opinions on the name of this thing, right? We've talked about it. Even yeah. Bob Bradley weighed in, you know, says yeah. forget El Tráfico or whatever. I like Twelve Mile Derby. If we're gonna go look outside the box completely, where are you at on all that mess? Uh- I'll say this. I have two comments. One is that you certainly, as as a coach who didn't win one last year, you can't come out and complain about the name. That's number one. Number two is 
We already threw all these names out, Dave. I remember you were on Twitter throwing names out. Yes. Everybody was doing it. Yep. And the one that everybody settled on was <laughs> El Trafico. I don't think I have a right to sort of sit there and say, oh, it should be something else. Everybody kind of collectively decided it was El Trafico. Whether you like it, whether you don't, it's at least unique to this rivalry. And I think for that reason, it stays. If it somehow morphs into something else, that's fine. But for right now, trying to force any change seems like it's premature. And it, but see, I would go a different way. I think trying to force a change on both ends, LAFC or LA Galaxy, actually fuels the rivalry even more, right? We can't even agree. Does. Yep. We can't even agree on the name of the thing, which is great. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> no, it'd be, it would be great if one team called it the one thing yes. and the other team called it the other thing. That'd be fine with me. I exactly. No That's a good answer. Josh Gassman, corner of the Galaxy. I can't wait till July 19th, but we got a lot of football before then. Josh, thanks so much for keeping an eye on the Galaxy like you do, and we appreciate you uh, filling us in here on Soccer Weekly, man. Awesome, Dave. Thanks for having me. You bet. Josh Gassman, corner of the Galaxy here on ESPN LA. 710. We got a ticket giveaway still to come and stoppage time, all that and more. Coming up next, ESPNLA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. Thanks so much to Adama Diamande and Josh Gessman from Corner of the Galaxy. We talked to them earlier. We are rolling on here. It is time. I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Two winners now, right? We're going to have two people call in who are going to win. Caller number seven and number 10. All right, at 877. 877- 710 ESPN, 877-710-3776. Right now, if you're caller number 7 and number 10. So two different winners are each going to get a pair of tickets to LAFC and Portland Timbers, courtesy of LAFC. Cannot thank them enough for that. I'm sure you're going to be just as happy if you win. 877-710-ESPN, caller number 7 and caller number 10. We're going to need your phone number and email. So don't forget to give that to our producers here before you get off the phone, all right? I'm sure they'll remember, but just in case, 877-710-ESPN. Time now for the L.A. Care Injury Report. At L.A. Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage for all Angelinos. For more information, you can visit lacare.org today. L.A. Care for all of L.A. There are some injury concerns for uh, especially L.A. Galaxy if I'm being honest. Galaxy have had some injury bug. We heard with uh, Josh Gessman talking about as they get ready for their you know next game, they've got injury concerns with Zlatan, who's not going to Dallas, according to LA Times. So he's going to miss. Uh, and you got Roman, Roman Alessandrini missing a couple of games now after the injury. He was uh, subbed out in the first game after the 20th minute with the hamstring. So, you know, you had Juninho missing. Perry Kitchen was out. Sebastian Legette has some you know questionable hamstring stuff. So, some trouble there early for LA Galaxy. Now for LAFC, Alejandro Guido still has the right quad strain. We were watching uh, Mario and I were at practice. Saw Guido working, you know, trying to get back to 100%. He's looking good. Andre Horta, he was out there, still had the quad strain. He missed the first game, so we'll see how that is. And Josh Perez has been questionable, at least as officially listed as that. That is your LA Care injury report. Time now for our favorite segment. It is stoppage time. What's up? The host of Stoppage Time is the producer of this show, the great Mario Reeves. Mario, how are you, buddy? Hey, my man. Feeling good, baby. Good. Can't wait for Sunday, man. Oh, Oh, so pumped. So pumped. So what's going on in soccer uh, world this week in Stoppage Time here? So the U.S. Women's National Team is suing U.S. soccer for discrimination. Three months before kickoff for the Women's World Cup, 
players of the women's uh, national team filed a gender discrimination lawsuit on Friday against the U.S. Soccer Federation. Yeah, they're talking about, you know, obviously equal pay because they don't necessarily get paid as much as the men for the U.S. national team. There are a couple of angles to this, right? Now, uh, you know, certainly one way you look at it is it's not really entertainment quite like uh, like the Lakers or, you know, the, you know, f- whatever female team that you want to talk about, whether it's the Sparks or what. That's entertainment. When it comes to entertainment, Mario, I believe in just, you know, capitalism. Whatever draws the money, you're going to pay people based on what they're worth, right? Like if right. the Lakers are worth $500 million every year, LeBron James is going to get a whole lot of that, right? And you just can't pay the LA Sparks that. I mean, we all know that. Yeah. If they don't draw that revenue. But this is your national team. So it's not just entertainment. Like, you're representing the country, right? If this was like the Women's Soccer League, you know, NWSL versus MLS or whatever, it's just about tickets and it's about entertainment. It's about money at that point. I'm sorry. It is. But when it's we're talking about the, the national team, there has to be a little bit more common sense. You know, they're winning World Cups. The United States doesn't even get there. Men's side. You know, the women are representing very well. So there has to be some more give and take there. I don't, you know, I applaud them for filing the suit. I don't think it's going to go that far. Like, I hope they get to a resolution. Let's put it that way. Maybe it'll go, you know, unfortunately, it'll be, you know, battled out in the in courts. But I hope this is just kind of like, let's get the ball rolling here and get this taken care of, Mario. So that's why I hope it ends, you know, that it doesn't get too crazy ugly. But it's already kind of ugly when you have to sue the Federation. You know, the Federation is, of course going to just strictly play by the numbers you know they're going to say oh this revenue was this and it you know and okay that is an argument but again you're representing your country this is not strictly like going to the movies and tom cruise gets paid more than you know bartender number three i mean is there a way for the u.s women's national team to show where they're generating money i mean somehow they can well, i mean they generate justify money, you know like but well, then maybe they have a point, right? Yeah. It will, if they're generating money, then... Look, all that will come out in the courts, too. You know, like, they, obviously, the that evidence is there. Because I don't really know how much, really, they could generate. But, yeah. I mean, if they are showing a dollar... In the article, this, in the you know, you go to ESPN.com, uh, ESPNW had it. And according, from what I'm reading here, according to the Federation itself, mm-hmm. right, they were saying that the women's team uh, from the years of 2008 to 15, right? So like a long stretch, eight okay. years. The yeah. women's matches generated about $53 million. The men's generated about $144 million. So, But there's more expenses with the men sometimes. You know, like, bigger, yeah. you know, if they're playing in different stadiums, more secure. You know, like, it's not necessarily just profit. That's not, they're talking about just revenue generated. So there can still be some, you know, more equally out that way even, too. You don't know how that's... But that's a decent amount of money right there for the women's. Yeah. But again, you can't... You have to factor in winning for your country. Yeah. The World Cup. <laughs> like, the men don't even get there or didn't get there. Now, True. It's never going to happen again, right? But And when the men have gotten there, they've done well it's not at times. So, you know, like, they've obviously earned their money, too. But hopefully it'll get hashed out here uh, sooner rather than later, for sure. Good stuff there, Mario. Great stuff. Thank you, Dave. I am Dave Dunham. He is Mario Rees. Thanks so much. We got the two winners, too, by the way. Thanks so much to LAFC for providing those a pair of tickets to two winners. Follow me on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Check out the podcast. Go over to you know iTunes, ESPN Pod Center, wherever you go. Search for Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Dunham. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710.